we're going to be discussing uh, the topic of Alex Jones and specific, well, well, we'll hit on a lot of different issues, but uh, the Sandy Hook uh, whole situation. Um, myself, my name is Brad. Uh, with me today are Adam and Devin. Hello. Hey, how you doing? That uh, first one was Adam. Second one was Devin. <laughs> Adam and I are both attorneys, so we're going to take a little bit of a, a look at this from uh, a legal standpoint, but give some historic perspective as well. This is our first podcast, so if you hear any technical glitches, things of that nature, uh, I'm sure we'll get smoother and better along the way. It's clearly going to be the machinery, not us. Yeah, the producer. Producer Devin. Oh, yeah, and it's going to be the producer that screws up. Definitely not us. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. That's Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about that. For those that don't know, obviously, especially some of the younger generation, because there's been like 10 different versions of Sandy Hook since it happened. Uh, Sandy Hook happened back in December 14th of 2012. A shooter by the name of Adam Lanza was involved. He entered the school and used an assault rifle, uh, firing more than 154 rounds in under five minutes. It resulted in 26 lives being uh, ended on that day. I thought Sandy Hook was the one with two shooters. Just one shooter. It was just one shooter. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Columbine. Columbine. And I, re- I remember that day like it was yesterday. It's one of the few times I've gotten choked up just watching the news. Yeah, I actually skipped school that day, and I was watching on like, like just watching news because it's the only channel we had. We didn't have cable, and that was going on. And my mom called me and was like, you need to leave school. I was like, oh, I skipped today. <laughs> Weren't you like in kindergarten? No, it was like seventh grade. Mm. I haven't had cable for like 15 years. You don't have cable right now? No. I don't. I just use the internet now. Yeah, Roku. (laughs) Roku. Anyways, the, um, uh, obviously everybody knows that was a national tragedy. There was lots of nonstop news coverage on it. And that's where the lawsuit that just recently happened with Alex Jones. But let's talk a little bit about Alex Jones, who he is, where he came from, and his company called InfoWars. He got a start in Austin, Texas, back in the 1990s, um, working in local uh, public television, where he sort of started off his career, if you will, on being a, I don't even know what you call it, a famous conspiracy theorist, was when, if you remember David Koresh and the uh, religious, uh, well, what some people would call a cult, um, I think it was definitely a cult. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, some people. <laughs> and so, anyways, the the uh, FBI raided their compound, uh, and a lot of people committed suicide. It sort of became a, a tragic uh, scene of itself. That's where Alex Jones sort of got his, his uh, time with conspiracy theories. If you all remember Janet Reno, very... Uh, now well-known attorney general at the time. I didn't know where you're going with that. Well, I mean, she she was easily recognizable. <laughs> she uh, uh, was being blamed by Alex Jones for orchestrating the whole thing, making it happen on purpose. Uh, immediately, like the day it happened, she, he's going into these conspiracy theories. Um, you know, we're going to give you a little taste of that um, with this clip from... Uh, one of the things Alex Jones has promulgated. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. I don't. That gives you a little a little taste of the kind of things he says. Yes, that was him talking about chemicals being put into water, making frogs gay. 
uh, a little context to that. Um, basically, uh, well, let's play another another clip real quick. But the reason there's so many gay people now is because it's a chemical warfare operation. I have the government documents where they said they're going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so that people don't have children. That's sort of where that all came about. He was talking about using chemical warfare to put something in the water that would somehow make people want to be homosexual and then be ostracized by their own community, especially in the Middle East. It's not that it was like in the water. He was saying that they were dropping like a gay bomb on Iraqis and the runoff from that going in the water was turning the frogs gay and turning people homosexual to... For population control and such things. I mean, pretty, and, and there was runoff from the factory. Yeah. Saying too. yeah. I'm pretty sure that there are some frogs that are both male and female and can impregnate themselves. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about. That's living the life. And, I, and there's probably <laughs> homosexual frogs. And he seems awful obsessed with that for some reason. He did. So he goes on and on about this, these conspiracy theories like that. And he created this company called InfoWars. I mean, by the very nature of the name of the show, it's like I sort of at first, I think, is the first time the, hey, you can take a set of facts and change them to be something different. It, this whole, like the whole uh, thing we're in right now where people can't agree on a set of facts, it's just like where it got the start, I think, because he turned info wars. We're going to make wars over information. Instead of we can at least, even though we come from different sides, different perspectives, maybe have some sort of agreement on what the basic facts are. Nope. No. It's a war. Well, that's why you can't argue with people anymore because you can't get two people to agree to what the same facts are. Right. Well, I mean, at the same time, though, it also kind of stems from people thinking that the news is lying to us, which, you know, isn't completely far-fetched. And saying that they don't have an agenda, or at least some of them do. It depends on who you listen to, I suppose. Well, I know I, I agree with that hundred percent. Used to be, literally, like back, sometime back, in like the Walter Conkrite era, the the media ran the story and told you this is what happened today. Right. They didn't tell you what to think about. what Didn't give an today. opinion. Yes. But the problem is now people that. Want to watch Fox News? Fox News. Listen to Fox News, and that's all they listen to. People that listen to NPR, that's all they listen to. So it's hard to get people to cross reference to other places. Right, and at the same time, you also have people like Jeff Bezos, who owns, I think it's uh, the Washington Post. And I remember like a year ago, there was something coming out where his stock had dropped, and no one had said anything about it yet. It was just like rumors. But the first one to post about it was the Washington Post saying. No, his talk hasn't dropped. But then, like four hours later, CNN is posting right. just in. You know, Amazon has dropped X amount of points. Right, that seems and, slightly biased. Yeah, and I think we're. I think where a lot of that got started was in the blossoming of you, if you will, of so many different avenues to get information from. You know, you can you can do podcasts like this. You can have social media posts. You can have you, anybody can call themselves themselves a journalist. Back when journalism was sort of traditional journalism, you had to have a source that you knew as a solid source, and then you had to back it up. So you could be you, you could be sitting on a legitimate hot topic news item from a verifiable source that you knew was 100% legit, and you couldn't run with that until you had a second one. Can you imagine that in today's? That's the way it should be, by the way. 
you can imagine that in today's society where no now like you get a sniff of a rumor and that is front page news you remember when like you used to read a news story and there was never any grammatical mistakes in it now they're so quick to get the news out it's like the news doesn't even care if things are misspelled or people's names are wrong or the information is wrong let's just get it out as quick as possible well you know what's actually crazy i don't remember how long ago it was like two or three weeks ago but facebook actually admitted on the stand that snopes you know like the fact check or whatever it is yeah is actually opinion and so not everything it facts checks is an actual fact. Yeah, but the problem is people read that stuff and they don't know that. And right. they take that as information. Right. And also, you know, you have these facts where, you know, people might go to Google it and they legitimately get two different answers or three right. different answers because someone else has posted this rebuttal saying whatever their opinion is, is a fact when in reality, you know, there can't be two right. facts. Well, what Bill Burr says is that people want to hear what they already believe. So they go to I'm right. I'm right.com and then they get the same information they already believe and they go spew it out as fact. And that's not the way it should work. Well, that social media has just exacerbated that because you can create a group of people that have the same belief and then they just talk to each other. Yeah. It's just an echo chamber. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. And so really, if you look back historically in media and the growth of it, that's sort of, that is how I was somebody like Alex Jones becomes Popular. So going back to his his situation a little bit, Branch Davidian. That's where he got to start. He's he's starting his own Branch Davidian after the, all this happens. The you know attacking Janet Reno, doing all those things. TV station kicks him off. He now transitions into radio. Radio is where Infowars first comes to life. Over one hundred stations pick him up. So now his conspiracy theories are really starting to blossom, and where he really monetizes himself, starts, really starts skyrocketing thing, is 9-11. You have a uh, probably not, probably the biggest tragic uh, American event on American soil. And he's immediately, day one, going into, this is some sort of government conspiracy. It's orchestrated by the government. If you want some entertainment, I don't know if it's good or bad entertainment, go to YouTube and watch him literally in real time when it's impossible for him to have information as to what's actually happening. He's saying it's a government conspiracy. Yes. as It's like, amazing. Before the second plane's hit. Right. He's already saying. Yes. This I mean, is now with foresight, I wouldn't say that that's totally incorrect, but we don't have to argue that here. <laughs> oh, but boy. A lot of other stuff he says is pretty bullshit. Well, and, and we, we'll, we'll move on to that a little bit. So... You know, it includes he he was promulgating Obama was not born in America. Michelle Obama being transgendered. The stuff we touched on uh, earlier, use of chemical weapons to try to make other individuals be homosexual. And then where he really um, uh, hit a, a hot button was with, with COVID. It's so interesting because he went... When COVID first started, right off the bat, nobody knew what what the hell was going on. I knew what was going on. Yeah, well, yes. (laughs) Knows everything. I'm a scientist. Very clearly. Uh, Alex Jones jumps to, this was a virus that was targeting Chinese men only. It was only going to infect Chinese men. And that was where he started at. And then obviously... Lo and behold, the virus starts spreading across the entire world, affecting every types of person, whether you're male, female, whatever, and if any type of race. And so then he transitions to it was a biological chemical weapon manufactured to 
take out chunks of the human race. See, this is where you started popping up in the news a lot, too, because one other person that was also kind of promulgating the same sort of conspiracies was Donald Trump. And so Donald Trump's base, the really, you know, fanatic fan base of his that really believes all of that in particular, wanted to believe that this is what was happening. And not only did they have a president that was saying this, but now a radio host. And this is where is a lot of diehard Republicans started listening to his podcast. And this is also where he started getting in quite a bit of trouble as well. We'll play a little clip from the hits on that right now. So I never expected Trump charging into a goblin's nest to not get some goblin vomit and slop and blood on him. I just don't want to catch him in bed with a goblin. And so with that, he was basically saying he's rooting for Trump, but he just doesn't want to catch him, you know, flipping the coin and, you know, joining the swamp and becoming one of them, becoming, you know, a politician. Yeah, the, the, the goblins are like regular politicians. That's what that refers to. Oh, boy. So that that's sort of how he pumps everything up, makes it bigger than life, and and spreads his, his, his craziness. Um, so obviously, we're, we're, we're trying to hit on legal stuff. Got a couple attorneys here. Let's look a little bit more about what he did with, with Sandy Hook, which led to what everybody knows about now and Many people maybe even hearing about Alex Jones for the first time that don't listen to the InfoWars type stuff. Uh, and that's Sandy Hook. Same thing he did with 9-11. He did with Sandy Hook. While people are at the scene still trying to figure out what's going on, he's already saying this is a false flag. And, and what, do you mean, what do you mean by false flag? Well, he will, the conspiracy is being... If we can create enough controversy around firearms, that will lead to being able to pass gun control finally. So we create a false mass shooting at a school, and that will create enough drama to get gun control. With crisis actors. Yes, crisis right. actors. And that was all, the crisis actors were also really big. I think it was that Florida shooting. Yes. Um, and they still say to this day that those people are crisis actors. And that's yeah. actually is still very uh, in the open and rampant conspiracy is that, you know, these shootings are a government ploy or a democratic ploy, to be precise, to get more gun control legislation. And, you know, they look at their their proof of it is that every time it happens, they try to push gun control. Well, of course, they try to fucking push gun control. A bunch of kids were just murdered. Right. And somehow those kids were never seen again, but it, they were still crisis actors. Right. And I mean, in, in the wake of Uvalde, you know, it, they tried to say that that was the, that that was a government setup as well because the police just waited outside. And although their response was horribly inefficient, I mean, they, they had a kid with an assault rifle. What are you supposed to do when you don't know what's going on? The police tried to say that, you know, they thought he was barricaded in. And as far as we know, maybe maybe they genuinely thought that. But... The fact that, you know, they tried to say all of that's crisis actors. That kid was a real kid that went in there and murdered people. And those sure. families, you know, when the news was, the news kept getting published without the families getting informed at all. And the families kept being on the news, you know, basically crying, legitimately crying, you know, saying, why, why do we have to find out from the news? Why aren't we finding out from, you know, the actual county commissioner or the sheriff or whoever it may be? We just keep finding out new stuff about our children every time we turn on the news. And at the exact same moment, moment being told by Alex Jones that it's fake. Right. Right. So you look at what he's, these are the things, kind of things he said uh, during Sandy uh, Hook. Uh, he made the false flag claim, talking about all those things. 
He claimed that they did not allow EMS into the school, so obviously there weren't real injuries. He alleged that the police went into the school while this was going on and had lunch. Good Lord. Yeah, they just, you know, grabbed their uh, Whopper and headed on in. Which, by the way, Alex Jones could probably eat a little less lunch. Is that rude? He likes Whoppers. He does, clearly. I mean, isn't it typical? EMS isn't going to walk into an active shooting zone. Like, police have to secure the area. So that just seems completely outrageous. Yeah, that that's clearly it's a conspiracy because they didn't rush in. Right. EMS doesn't, they're not harmed. They're there to help once it's safe. Um, He claimed the FBI killed the children. He claimed the children didn't die. So someone else killed them or they also didn't die. Uh, it's both claimed, at the same time. At the same time. Well, no, so what happens, this is what Alex Jones does, is completely 100% obvious facts show he's wrong. He didn't just switch us to a different conspiracy. Well, yeah, facts don't matter anymore. Right. Say what you want, and people will believe it. He claimed there were photos of the children who had died, showing that they were still alive. He even claimed that they were going to sing at the national anthem at the, one of the Super Bowls. The kids who died after what? the fact, or they were well, just because they didn't die. Okay, yeah, all right, we but they never did that, so they just backed out. That's that's what happened. Or, well, yeah, yeah, they, they walked died. back to their okay. to their grave. Yeah, and then this was all part of a Department of Homeland Security illusion, and the FBI was gonna um, uh, claim claimed that the FBI said there were missing death reports. Those things didn't happen, but that's what he was saying. Those are those are the kind of things he was promulgating. To his listeners on Infowars about Sandy Hook. So how does that lead to a defamation suit? What what all that is? Let's talk a little bit about some legal stuff. Uh, defamation. What is defamation? What do you have to show to, to prove it? Well, obviously we live in the United States of America. Your freedom of speech. Your um, allowed to you're allowed to say stuff, and there's no consequences for it. That's how it should be. We all want freedom of speech. But it does cross a line if that speech is demonstrably false and it injures somebody. So what is the definition of defamation in Texas? This lawsuit happened in Texas. If you make a false statement or fact about uh, another person and that false statement caused either reputational or material harm and the person that made that false statement acted negligently or purposefully. So if you legitimately say something ends up being wrong, you apologize for it, that's all fine. But if you're doing something repeatedly, recklessly, and on purpose, and that hurts somebody, then that's a possibility for a defamation claim. It's also not super easy to uh, you know even win defamation claims. No. So the fact that it was won just shows how negligent that had to have been. Correct, and that the person knew that the information was false. Right. Well, and what, what ends up happening that leads to this lawsuit is these people are latching onto these things about this is, this is they're trying to take our guns away, they're going to take our guns away, they're making up these false stories about kids being killed to take it's our guns away. It's 1776 again. So these listeners are attacking the family members. They're finding them online. Death threats. Death threats. They're doing all types of horrible. So these are people who have suffered like the most worst case scenario loss you could have, which is to lose your child. Yes. And now they're being attacked saying that they're pretending. Can you imagine that as a parent? No. I mean, we both have kids. Can you imagine being a parent, getting a phone call that something terrible just went down at your kid's school, going there, not being able to take your kid home unless they're in a body bag, 
and then having people from around the world call you and say that you're a crisis actor for the next 10 years yeah too. this happened and, in 2012 yeah if you're watching the stuff on the news now the mom testified that they still are receiving death threats still being told that they were liars one of the mothers testified because of all of this she is no longer able to go visit her child's grave because she knows they know where it's at and she doesn't feel safe Jeez, really yeah that's just Ridiculous. You always wonder if the role was reversed. I mean, obviously, you don't want that for anybody, but they wouldn't be making those claims if those were their kids. Right. Yeah. No. And no, how would they no like people calling them would. because some guy on the radio is saying that their kid didn't die? It's just, it's just crazy. So that's where you're seeing false statements uh, being repeated over and over again, negligently and purposely. I think you could easily act. And then the... It, Reputational harm, probably not so much, but the material harm is the claim they're making. Material harm being that they're having to really live their own kid's death over and over again because people are attacking them and saying their kid's not actually alive. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. How do you even process grieving at that point? Right. Well, and what more damage or harm is there than someone losing their child and being told they didn't die? Plus, right. you're yeah, you're already in a fragile mental state, you know, and then it's just getting torn to pieces even more by these people that are just claiming, you know, like you said, you're a crisis actor or well, and if you watch the if you watch the YouTube, um, or it's doc, I can't remember where that documentary was, PBS, or, or I can't remember which one. It was PBS, I was pretty sure. In, NPR. Uh, yeah, NPR. so they interviewed the producers from some of his movies that he made, and they said that he legitimately knew that this information was false, but because his ratings were going through the roof, he, he kept propagating it because he knew that it was going to make more money, and then he could sell things on his website. And so, I mean, that definitely meets the definition of defamation, knowing something's false and still... Still sharing it. And knowing that the harm is causing yeah, these people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, so if you lose your kid, what would be every parent's dream? It, that they could come back? Right. And now people are calling you and telling you that they are. That they're already back. That, they're, they, never that they never left. How absurd. So that's how, they, that's how we get to court. That's the, that, that's the parents that are coming after him. Finally, somebody's taking on... Only one parent. There's many more. Yeah, there's more lawsuits that are coming down the pipes. But somebody's finally taking him on. And he's been sued other times, too. But this was sort of the most egregious situation that's really stuck out to people. And so what happens from there is what everybody just saw happen was not an actual trial. The only thing they had was a damage, trial on damages. That's it. He was already found liable in a very unusual sort of... Um, in, in our world, uh, almost un, almost never happens. So uh, what what happened was he is so uncooperative in the litigation process that the judge runs out of any options to sanction him other than to enter a default judgment. It's crazy. I mean, I, I, like what happens in speeding tickets when you don't pay it, right? Except to the extreme. I mean, for those of you that are not in the legal world, you, you get a default judgment. Pretty much the only way you get a default judgment, you regularly see a default judgment being issued, is somebody doesn't go to court. Right. They fail to appear. You just say, I'm not going to cooperate. His default judgment was because he came to court. He wouldn't overturn the lawsuit. financial documents. Yeah. He wouldn't cooperate with discovery at all. I wonder why when he knew he was going to lose. That's Yeah, exactly. And they ended up finding out how much he was making anyways. I think it was like, what, $450,000 a day? At, at its peak, eight hundred. Eight hundred thousand dollars a day. At its peak. And that was just off of the podcast, not all the peripheral crap he was selling people. Just off of conspiracies. Yeah. And then he monetized that 
I also sold all this survivor gear. It was also his personality as well. I mean, he was always very animated and energetic. And yeah, I mean, for he, sure. He likes screaming in the mic and. I mean, he's he's a walking meme. If you look at the old pictures of him, he looks like a heavy set Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's going to explode. Yeah, and like his head's going to literally pop off of his his shoulders. And just an example of what he he does when he sells every conspiracy comes up with some new product he sells. During COVID, he was selling some sort of metallic supplement that he said basically not would only stop COVID, it would also stop all viruses. To the point where the FTC actually issued them a cease and desist order. Wouldn't that be an F- the FDA? No, it was, a, it was a, through the Federal Trade Commission, which is overseas broadcast and things like that. Oh, okay, okay. The FDA certainly, I'm sure, agreed. If you watch him and the way he speaks, he, he starts calm, and then he ramps up oh, yeah. like oh, a roller yeah. coaster. And like that 1776 clip, I don't know if you have that ready, the one where he just starts screaming out of the blue about gun control. That's, that's, the, that's what's amazing to me. Hitler took the guns, Stalin took the guns, Mao took the guns, Fidel Castro took the guns, Hugo Chavez took the guns, and I'm here to tell you, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. This is also in conversation with somebody. Case in point. Yeah, so this is, yeah, he's always propagating that they're going to take our guns away. That's one of his big conspiracies. He's always putting that one out there because he knows how fired up that gets people. And then he's saying 1776 is going to happen again. And then he, he... Stokes the hell out of January 6th. I mean, uh, he's always doing this. But if you go back and look at what he did with COVID and that he sold these supplements, had to get shut down by the FTC. They no longer is allowed to speak on it on, on air anymore. He just doesn't care. It's all about making money. Those are things that in the legal world will get you socked with punitive damages, which we'll talk a little bit about too. But what happens is he is so uncooperative. He's telling he's telling the judge she's part of the conspiracy. Oh, there you go. Another conspiracy. He was fined. So, little background: when somebody fails to comply with the court order, they can basically sanction the person that's not complying. Yes, they can do, and it, it, it gets gradually worse and worse and worse. So, what they do normally is you have compelled to do it. You give a deadline to to turn over the evidence or whatever you're failing to turn over, and then if you don't do that, they'll start fining you. And what I think people don't realize is it takes a lot to get to that point. A lot. A yeah, judge will give a you a ton of chances before it gets to that point. A, a ton. And by the time she finally entered a default judgment against him because he was so uncooperative, she had fined him over $150,000. That's just incredible amount of money. That a contempt citation, you might get a $5,000 fine and have to pay the other side's attorney. And ironically, only a quarter of his daily pay. It, right. Right. So I probably didn't care. So you probably so when they do this hearing or this trial, you're seeing he's already been found liable. He's already been found to have defamed these people. The only thing they're doing and what just came out was how much. What is that worth? And in our civil justice system, that's dollars. Right. It's it's tied to dollars. So at that point, the only thing they're discussing is what's what's the damages what's that going to be and that's when all these factors of what he did comes into play and one thing that was actually played during the trial was while it was going on he belittled the jury yes and he also had this video of the judge saying that she was rigging the sandy hook trial and that she was tying the hands of lady justice and it was like a video of the judge and lady justice and there was flames going on I just got to say, that man's got balls. The best part about it is the judge literally just got done saying, you're going to be asked a question, you got to let them finish, and then you give an answer. This isn't a narrative, this is a question and answer, and the very first thing he does is 
not answer the question that was asked and try to apologize to the families directly, but then not really apologize. Yeah, his, his, so he, I mean, at some point, somewhere along the way, he listens to somebody in his staff and says, all right, look, you got right. you got it. So right. he, he, he says, yeah, this, this Sandy Hook stuff's real. I apologized. I now acknowledge that it's probably, right. probably happened. Right. In that same statement, though, he still puts caveats in about things that maybe didn't happen. He won't. He knows he's got to continue to feed the animal. He's got to feed the base. And so in that final interview, he does that. He takes the stand. He plays really dumb on the stand. Can't remember things. And then does a lot of the, well, I apologize. I mean, I've met these people. They seem like really nice people. I mean, I, I'm really sorry about what happened. Well, yeah, 10 years later. Right. I mean, come on. I think the damage is done at that point. Just throwing that out there. So... What happens with the, in, in, is the jury comes back, they find... So the difference between comp- compensatory and punitive damages. Compensatory damages is what actual loss, what what did this cause you, what kind of... Uh, what was the real harm? Yeah, physical uh, harm and, and also mental harm. And that's where they awarded $4.1 million compensatory damages. And the punitive damages are when you've acted in a way that is so preposterous, like Alex Jones... We want to hit you with something that's going to try to make it. Well, you won't continue to act like this. And so that's where they sock him with $45 million in punitive damages. But what will that ultimately end up meaning? Because a lot of, tech, a lot of especially conservative states, uh, have limits on how much punitive damage you can have. And in Texas, the limit is two times the compensatory damages plus $750,000. I think he'd prefer $750. I'm sure he would. Um, although, I mean, at eight hundred thousand dollars a day, right? So that forty, what nine million dollars, roughly, that was ordered to pay with the st- statutory framework in Texas is probably going to be reduced to the judge to somewhere in the neighborhood of eight and a half million dollars. They were aiming for one hundred fifty million. I'm pretty sure that's what they asked for. Yes, right? yes. Honestly, but, I don't think the parents care how much the money is, right? I mean, well, except. If you don't hit him hard enough, right, he'll keep doing he's it. He's not going to stop. But it doesn't bring their kids back. Is eight and a half million enough to stop? No, Alex Jones? probably not. And that's just one parent again. Right, maybe six, eight and a half millions, but three or four, forty-five millions probably would be. You can't, and and so he's actually filed Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. I mean, when you lose a when you lose a defamation trial, is there not like a cease and desist that's put in there at all? Like, is there any way to actually really enforce that and not have the same thing happen again? Well, so the idea behind punitive damage is you'll stop the reckless behavior regardless of the content of it. So the uh, punitive damage is supposed to punish you so hard. You know, for example, um, going way back in time, the Ford Pinto. Oh, yeah, the Ford Pinto. You Ford probably Pinto. drove one of those back in like 1960-something. I, I did not. It was, uh, it was not. Not only was it a dangerous car, it was also maybe one of the ugliest cars ever manufactured. For sure. But... At some point along the way, a Ford Motor Company realized or knew that if you ran into the back of the Ford Pinto, it exploded. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, they socked punitive damages in those lawsuits. And the idea behind it is not you won't just fix the Ford Pinto. You just you won't build another car right. like that. You'll take the time to make sure that those type of injuries don't happen. Um, Same with Philip Morris and cigarettes. Right. You punish them hard enough that they will try to make a safer product. 
Or in this case, you will be more thoughtful right? and at least worry a slight bit about facts when you produce them out there. And if you're going to lead people down a conspiracy road and and put out all these crazy conspiracy theories, um, maybe at least take into account what harm that might have on individuals. Or how about you throw in a couple caveats? Something. You know, this is information I've heard. I don't know if it's a fact. I don't know if it's truth, but this is what we've been told. Or God forbid, have a guest that is contrary to your yeah, thoughts. That might be helpful. <laughs> That's a crazy idea. Wasn't that Hannity and Combs? Didn't that show exist at one point on Fox News? Yes. Where they at least argued back and forth, and they just literally cut Holmes out. Those used to be some of the best shows. It was. There's, there's plenty of clips of Alex Jones doing that, like getting really fired up and arguing. There was this British uh, show host, and I mean, he while they're arguing, in the middle of arguing, Alex Jones will stop and just plug Infowars.com. Like, <laughs> as they're yelling at <laughs> each other. You have no idea what you're talking about, Infowars.com. It is just the funniest shit. That was, what's his name from uh, uh, Morgan Scott Talent. It was, Mor- like, was it Morgan Pierce? Morgan yes, Pierce? Yes, yeah. Morgan Pierce. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, he's he's a guy that'll... Oh, he gives it back. He'll go out on an edge a little bit. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he was calling him a dumbass. Yeah, he'll call people out for sure. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll occasionally have people on to disagree with him because... He, in his format, he'll control it and make it where ultimately right. he looks like he's right. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's how that that's how that all came to an end. The jury, it's not over yet. There'll be appeals. The, the one risk I'd say about the fact that the judge entered the default judgment, that's going to give him a big appeal issue. I'm sure. And But if, I'm sure, hopefully she made a good record to show, look, I gave him yeah, 35 like, chances. Listen, you moron. I literally gave you like 30 chances. Well, and, and, and it's really interesting, too, during the damages hearing, during the damages trial, for the first time, they turned over all of his text messages and claim it to be on error. It, yeah, so, well, even the, I don't remember hearing the victim's this, yeah. lawyer had said, oh, and he yeah. made a big show of it, and he said that a week ago from the trial that all the text messages from the last two years were accidentally sent over and Alex Jones lawyer never made any record or effort to you know put them under some sort of protection say that they can't be used privileged or privileged exactly and because of that um, it had proven that Alex Jones had committed perjury and lied under deposition whoops yeah he said that at some point he hadn't talked about Sandy Hook again and then the text, the text message. He said, he "I had. hadn't texted anyone about Sandy Hook." Right, and then, and in fact, in those text messages, he had with in his the last lawyer? two years. No, no, he said that on like deposition. Well, and in the text messages, yeah, he said in the deposition, "I hadn't talked about Sandy Hook anymore." Right, trying to minimize his damages. Sure, but in text messages, then he had talked about Sandy Hook. So wow, but those were turned over during the damages hearing, and they made a big deal about it. They said, "Well, your attorney sloppily or." or uh, negligently. negligently. As an attorney, that's something you years. never want a judge to say. But the problem is, though. It's actually the other uh, lawyer that had said that. Oh, man. Yeah, the other lawyer said that, too. Yikes. In his question. Malpractice, maybe? The problem with that is, all of them know that's setting up more appeal issues. And right. two, those were discoverable. Right. I'm sure they were asked for. Right. Way back in the original trial and never given. So I think there's some, I think there's some strategy being employed there by dumping this stuff in the middle of the damages hearing. Setting up more appeal issues. Make give them look, an out. Yeah, make it look like he wasn't represented right. Because yep. the attorney is sitting there saying, your attorney negligently turned over two years worth of text messages. Did you, did you know that? And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that. And the attorney just sits there, doesn't object, doesn't say a word. So they clearly know. 
So I think there's more to that. I think there's some strategy being employed there. So literally, the the money they've been given, they may not receive for years. Oh no! Unfortunately, too, I really feel like the victim's lawyer was really trying to shoot for a viral, like a viral moment, because right. I mean, he made a big show, and he he was like, two days ago, two days ago, your lawyer overturned these messages, and and that's how I know you lied to me. And it's 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 just. He's so he's trying so hard to get that clipped and posted online. Right, like he right. wants to be viral so bad. Yes. Yeah, that was a that was a show me moment for sure. Yes. So it tried to bring this full circle back around. Last little topic we'll discuss relatively quickly. Had he turned over all this information and done the actual trial to find out whether he was liable or not, would the outcome be different? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Not with, I mean, when you're on nationally syndicated radio on hundreds of stations and on TV and have Infowars, it's so easy to go back and find what you said. Yeah, the clips. I mean, the clips just sink the boat. Yeah, right? I, mean, I, I mean, the judge literally paused it for a second and said to Alex Jones, she was like, look, this isn't your show. You need to stop lying. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, if he had done the trial on it, whether or not he was liable, it would have just been more of the same. Oh, for sure. And it so, it would have been a show. I think they knew that. And so they probably uh, hope he didn't cooperate. Let's just stomp and, yeah. and and make this litigation as difficult as possible as long as we can. Drag it out as long as we can. Yes. To the point where, you know, they put the judge in a tough spot. Sure. The judge doesn't want to issue a default judgment in no. that situation. No. And they know they're just setting up probably two, three years of appeals. Right. The and, question is, will he change his behavior? Right. I mean, is that going to be enough? Let's say he has to pay $8.5 million. Is that enough for him to stop? I really feel like the only way that he would stop is if, you know, companies just stopped giving him a platform to be able to speak on. And the problem is, is if it wasn't so harmful, it, it's entertaining. It's, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Just some of the shit he says and does. But it's just so harmful at the same time. It's, some of it's so preposterous. And... If it was tongue in cheek, or like you know, you could guarantee that people didn't actually believe this shit. It, like the it, stuff the it wouldn't does. be so bad. Yeah, like where it's known that what right. you're saying it's is satire. not true. Obviously like, hey, this satire. is for entertainment, people. Like, I'm literally just entertainment here. Right. The issue is, is that there's a lot of people in middle America that genuinely believe this. shit. Well, yeah, and when you go to I'm right, I'm right .com over and over, you go back to Alex Jones. What's the only news you watch? Yeah, I mean, you're gonna think that what you believe is right. Right. I mean. I don't know what you'd have to do to convince somebody in this situation. And has he ever given like a correction? Like when he's called out and he knows he's wrong, did he ever go on and yeah, say Yeah, no. He, he did for Sandy Hook. Did he? Yes. Yeah, he did eventually. Way, way, way down the road. And and a day same with COVID too. A day before the trial? Yes. Yeah, Wasn't that gave, convenient? He gave it he did some interview with Megan Kelly where he tried to do an apology. She hammered the hell out of him. Oh, she's a lawyer too. And he kept dancing around. Because he doesn't want his listeners to think he's a total fraud. Right. So he'll always put little caveats in. Or that he's weak. Right. So he'll put little caveats into everything he says when he backtracks something. Right. Like the COVID thing where he's saying it was only targeting a certain gender and race. When some of your listeners are sitting home with COVID and they aren't either one of those. Right. You have to pivot. Yeah. So that's what he does. Right. Especially when the the right started getting hit really hard. You know, if there was the longest where it was just the big cities, a lot of Democrats. Right. You know, we're just democratic cities were getting really hit, and you know, middle America, Republican America wasn't getting hit at all. But then, you know, once it started going inwards of America, the, like you said, these people are listening to him tell them that the sickness that they're dealing with isn't real or shouldn't be affecting them. And at the same time, 
promoting all of these bullshit remedies to fix it. I mean, I, I there had to be That's some. Makes more money, right? Some of these people took it and then died. Took his supplements, thinking they'd be healed and died. What you can't drink Clorox and kill COVID? Is that, is that what you can't do? Is, I, I mean, I in, in Trump's well, defense, I, f- I feel like people took that really literally. I feel like he was just talking about like disinfecting the body, which is a medical procedure. Oh people just took it as drinking like I'm not, Kleenex. I'm not you can't disinfect your blood. Yeah, I'm not going to touch this one. I don't need to get a, a science <laughs> lesson in whether or not drinking Clorox kills. Well, COVID. That, that's the problem is that you're, you're taking it like literal. I will say, like well, he was talking about just disinfecting the body, not. Drinking. Did I you mean, see the medical professionals around him when he said it? Well, yeah. Trump doesn't know how to speak. I mean, drinking Clorox. It's huge. It's like <laughs> huge, huge. <laughs> you know, people took that so literal, but like you can actually disinfect body. Obviously, not the blood, but I think that's where he was trying to lean towards. FYI, well, our producer does not speak for the scientific community, nor do we. <laughs> I have read an actual article saying that, like a scientific article saying that this is. Was it on Infowars? No, it was not. <laughs> I will start getting all my information on Scientist there. Alex Jones. <laughs> so he... No, if you do look, though, back through some of the history of Trump's most outrageous statements, you'll see them said by Alex Jones the day before. Oh, I'm sure. He eats this stuff. They both prey on fear. Yes. And taking away people's stuff. Yes. That Don't take away my guns. And exploit it. Well, I mean, it is a typical, you know, politician tactic to prey on fear. It's just to a whole different level. I mean, when when the politicians are saying, oh, this person's soft on crime, they're preying on that fear that crime will rise and that, you know, something may happen to these people. And then they can say, see, I'm right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so do we think Alex Jones is going to change? No. I mean, what else does he have? Right. Selling conspiracies his, yeah. his entire life. All he has is fiction. That's I mean, at this got. point, you would think he'd have enough money to fuck off. Well, maybe. I, I'd, I'd love to go fuck off if I had that money. <laughs> if I made $800,000 a day for a year, well, after, find me in Bermuda. After your advice on cleansing the body through drinking Clorox, we, we might have to find a I just profession. told you it's not actually drinking Clorox. There's just an actual medical procedure. I'm just screwing with you. I'm just screwing so with you. Going to have these people call me a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> There would be memes of you on there with Trump. <laughs> Superimpose me on the Alex Jones body. Yeah. The, the problem with that, though, is if you're making that kind of money and then having to pay lawyers to fight these kind of lawsuits all day, every day, it, does, it doesn't last. So he, he's he's going to hit, hit his end, but only if forced. Yes, I agree. This is the only thing he has to do. You know do. the sad thing is, is if, if you watch his viewership after this, I guarantee it goes up slightly. Oh, yeah. Because everybody wants to hear what he's going to say. Yeah, right. he'll, he'll get a spike in this for sure. I would just love to hear the conversation that he had with his lawyer, you know, after that day of the trial, and he just asking like, "What the fuck is up with those text messages?" Like, "Come on, bro, I, <laughs> I fucked me." I honestly think that was purposeful. I do. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they were just trying to throw another curveball for another, another appeal reason. issue. Yeah, he can he can appeal the default judgment. If that doesn't work, then he can claim his counsel is incompetent. Right, I agree. It's gonna go down. I mean, that definitely be like a master class play. It would be well. Or he has to spend all that money again. Yeah. All right, folks. I think that we've covered that pretty well. Uh, Thank you for joining us on our first podcast. Again, forgive us for any uh, technical glitches. Hopefully it sounds pretty good to you. And we'll be back uh, with some more future shows. Along the way, what we're looking looking to do is try to take some current events like this, put some legal perspective on it from uh, a a couple attorneys. Um, we're going to try to get some guests on here to talk about some of these things as well. We'll hit some generalized legal topics too. And uh, hope you'll uh, join us again in the future. Yeah, thanks, everyone.